Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about season one of the Peacock original series, Bupkiss. This came out this year, 2023, created by Pete Davidson, Judah Miller, and Dave Cirrus. Stars also Pete Davidson, Eddie Falco, Edie Falco, I'm sorry, and Joe Pesci, the legend Joe Pesci. The show follows Pete Davidson's life, combining grounded storytelling with some absurd elements from the worldview for which Davidson is well known. Overall, I was really looking forward to this show. I'm a fan of Pete Davidson. I don't really care about his personal life, despite how interesting it seems to be. Uh, I wasn't, I haven't watched SNL since the 90s. So as far as his performances on SNL, have zero idea. However, all of the movies I've seen Pete Davidson in, I enjoyed his stand-up specials I've seen, I enjoyed. I like Pete Davidson. I am a fan of his and the work that he is attached to. And this TV show has a lot of similarities to the film he did with Judd Apatow, The King of Staten Island, which I liked that movie. And uh, so I was looking forward to this, as, as well as the fact that Joe Pesci is in this. I'm a big Joe Pesci fan, somebody that kind of disappeared for a long time until he was in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Now he is in this. Uh, but I definitely wanted to like this show, I think, more than I actually like this show. Right? I do think it's a good show. I don't know if it's a great show. Right? It's not a show where... It instantly hooked me. I instantly understood the tone. I was like addicted to it in the same ways that I was into a show like Dave, which I think this show is in many ways similar to Dave, where both shows are a look at somebody who is in the entertainment industry uh, and seeing their life kind of and how that goes in some ways. I've heard this show compared to the show Louie, which is another great show. Didn't even think about this while watching this. Wasn't even thinking about Louie, although it's has been a long time since I've watched that show, Louie. I've also heard it compared to Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is a show I do not like. I have tried to get into Curb many times because I am a huge fan of Seinfeld. Cannot get into Curb Your Enthusiasm. It is just a s type of sense of humor that I just find to be annoying more than funny. And I wouldn't necessarily compare it to that because I did enjoy this show. I did like this show. Tonally, it was a bit difficult for me to kind of grasp what the vibe was. And when I watched it through, I watched it through a second time, kind of in the background while I was prepping 
for this podcast and all the other podcasts that I'm recording today. Knowing what the vibe was and having already seen the full season all the way through, I did enjoy it more. So maybe it's just a, a, an issue where going into it, I had expectations that weren't met. And then going into it the second time is something that I that allowed me to enjoy it more. Right? And there are aspects of the show I did love. There's a few things that I wish were better. I'm going to get into that, obviously, in my review. And then I will have a spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched this show, you know. But I do enjoy Pete Davidson, all of his movies, what he did with Judd Apatow. And I heard people criticize that. I, I mean, I think Judd Apatow comes with a level of criticism anyway just because he makes comedies in a very – in a style that is traditionally – set aside for more dramatic films and his comedies in a lot of aspects can be more dramatic they tend to have longer run times the jokes tend to be developed more organically with improv where he allows a lot of his actors to just kind of run with things but i enjoy his movies i like the fact that he treats comedies with with a level of respect that most people don't like most comedies, if you were to critique, and I have comedies, reviewing comedies, and had critiques, people get angry because they're like, oh, it's just a comedy, right? As if it should be excused, like as if it's like an art form or a genre that it's okay to like not care about it not to put like you know quality behind you know it's like how dare you think you should shoot a comedy interestingly why would you ever think to have good cinematography and it's a comedy it doesn't need that whereas i think it it could it, it there's no reason why it shouldn't and the excuse people have for bad movies and you see it not only in comedies, you see it in like horror movies as well. Really kind of any movie that is very genre specific. People will, if you have any critiques, they just be like, oh, it's just a sci-fi, bro. Why don't you just get over it, right? Which is fine. There are definitely movies where unplugging my brain and just settling in, right? I enjoy that, like the Fast and the Furious movies, for example, in the action genre like, there are definitely genres of films and types of films that I'm perfectly okay with letting go and just going on this mindless ride. But I, at the same time, have zero problem with somebody like Apatow that wants to elevate the genre and shoot the genre in a way that nobody else is doing. I enjoy people doing new things. So, with that said, I do like his movie, uh, the king of staten island i enjoyed it it is in many ways similar to some other movies pete davidson in it is in he kind of in many movies even when he's not doing a story that's based on his life like that movie was like this show is he has a kind of he's kind of the same guy in every like he's kind of this lovable loser right he's he's got issues he's got addiction issues he hangs out with with like dirtbag friends, degenerate friends, 
you know, came from Staten Island, kind of like this version of white trash that exists. And I'm okay with that. You know, he he has he understands his lane and he kind of settles into that pretty well. And I think he could probably handle more than that. I don't know. I just like his his vibe. I enjoy his stand up is also great. So, right? So I did enjoy those things that he's in and this I enjoy, but it does feel like this show Bubkiss is missing a little bit of something. Right? It definitely at times kind of feels like it's doing an Apatow thing. Like it's grounded, but also kind of wacky and ridiculous at times. But I think what it really misses is connective tissue. Where some episodes feels like it's it jumps to a place it doesn't feel like it was going to or it was set up in the, the best way. So that's kind of like a little morsel of what my issues are. But I do love Joe Pesci in this, right? He plays his grandpa, uh, Edie Falco, playing his mom. Very great as well, as we've seen multiple actresses play Pete Davidson's mom, uh, Marissa Tomei specifically, to be the other one. And I enjoy Pete as well. I think he's good in this. I think they're all good. I think the casting's great, you know. It just feels like the episodes are a little disjointed, right? At times, like there were literally times where I double checked to see if I somehow skipped an episode, right? That's like, that's how much I felt like it was missing something where I actually double checked at least once or twice is like, am I, did I accidentally skip an episode somewhere? Because that's happened. Like the way some of these streaming services, I don't know if Peacock has done it. I think Hulu has done it. Where it's like if you've watched a show and you go back through and watch it again, and if you had skipped on, on your first watch, if you had skipped the trailer, the uh, credits at the end and just moved to the second episode, when you go back and rewatch it, it will just play from the credits and then like it'll just skip episodes. It is like there are some streaming services that are just so horribly designed so it has happened so that feeling paired with the reality of it actually happening before i thought there was some weird thing that happened and i missed episodes but no it's just there are jumps where characters will all of a sudden be a certain way and it just feels kind of like out of nowhere at times um but then again on the second rewatch like it it felt like it really is kind of riding that line where it could be too much potentially or just enough. And I think, you know, I don't know. So that could have just been me also. Right. Just a few storylines throughout the season that just kind of felt like it lost track. And the episodes in a lot of ways do kind of have that feeling of almost being a self-contained story. Like they aren't too concerned with there being a storylines that kind of track throughout the season, right? In a similar way to like a Seinfeld would be, right? There's no real overarching arc that the characters in Seinfeld, it's like every episode was a new situation. And within the episode, there were usually multiple storylines that kind of all get woven together and all kind of connect at the very end, which is, a really great 
type of writing that Seinfeld had, which I don't necessarily think this is doing, but as far as like from one episode to Seinfeld to the next, like you can watch Seinfeld out of order and it really wouldn't matter. And there's aspects of the show where you could almost do that as well. Although there are some storylines, like with Pete Davidson, there's a storyline of just him, which is similar to many of his other things, dealing with like addiction, right? That kind of is a through line. His grandpa, his health is not well. That is kind of, but it's just, they're not overtly about those things, right? They're kind of mildly referenced throughout. So, and there's moments that kind of felt like they were just mediocre writing, right? But then there's also great moments. Like there's some comedic moments that feel like it was just, those were written moments and they just didn't land. But then there's also moments that feel like that Judd Apatow improv, improv like feel to it that are hilarious. So it's a weird consistency which might just be that it's the first season of a show and sometimes it takes shows a season or two to kind of settle into what they're trying to do right so who knows so maybe might just iron itself out if they get another season i hope they do this season kind of ends on a bit of a cliffhanger so I hope there's more. I want to see more, even though it's not a perfect show. Unlike a show like Dave, which I think this, I would compare this in a lot of ways to Dave, which is another comedy based on a real person who is starring as himself, where there are, you know, it's a blend of reality and fiction that's going on, which this show, like there's a lot of similarities between that. Whereas the first season of Dave, I was instantly hooked rewatched every episode multiple times because i enjoyed it so much this one didn't hook me quite in that same way i don't think the comedy is the same i think dave surprising a lot funnier than this show and i don't necessarily think this show is trying to be have as many kind of laughs per minute necessarily And Joe Pesci, by far my favorite character in this, right? Aside from Pete, right? Every time Joe Pesci is on screen, I absolutely love it. He's great, right? He kind of plays like this old, like, doesn't give a fuck. As he's like, he plays like Joe Pesci. If Joe Pesci was an old grandpa, that's what he, and that's what he's in this. And it's great. I think it's great. Smoke, there's so much cigarette smoking in this. It's amazing how, like, I've, you can tell, like, nothing really shows people smoking cigarettes, because it is so noticeable that like everybody is smoking cigarettes almost at all times and Joe Pesci smoking cigarettes as if it's still the 80s where he's like inside diners smoking cigarettes let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about are you a fan of art movies and all things entertainment then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspired disorder our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings but that's not all we also feature daily episodes from the ray taylor show a podcast that brings you movie reviews tv show reviews episode recaps opinion 
opinions on news and entertainment and much more. There's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories. And if that wasn't enough, we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics. So why wait? Head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer. And now back to the show. The one issue I had because the show is kind of based in part on Pete's real life, right? The show kind of more grounded at times almost feels like entourage as well. Not that that was a grounded show, but it has that entourage type of vibe, right? Or a less funny Dave, but the show seems more focused on Pete's home life, right? Aside from like a scene or two where he's walking through a comedy club, has a conversation with John Mulaney at one point, right? You wouldn't really know that he's even a stand-up comedian. There's never, there's never a mention of him going on tour. There's not him going up. You never see him go up on stage. You just see him like walk through a comedy show. So it doesn't really focus on that. Definitely like if you didn't know Pete Davidson was a stand-up comedian and you watched this, you would think that he is just an actor, right? Because it definitely shows more of him as an actor. There's more discussions of him trying to get movie roles, right? Which in that way is kind of reminiscent of Entourage in some ways. Whereas when you watch Dave, you know he's a rapper, right? Where it's like, it's, aside from, like, if you didn't know he was a stand-up comedian in this, you you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. And, like, obviously, high-profile relationships that he's known for, all of those are just mildly referenced. Nobody's name is used specifically, I'm sure, for legal reason, le- reasons. But also to kind of detach itself from the reality of Pete Davidson's hectic, very public life that he exists having these high profile relationships that people obsess over so there's sometimes it feels like we're getting a peek into his world but also kind of feels like there are aspects that are just massively absent from it as well right and this episode's super short eight episodes 30 minutes a pop super easy to binge through Right, If you are a fan of Pete Davidson, if you liked The King of Staten Island, I would say this is an interesting kind of version of that story because it's, like I said, both based on his life, his dad dying in 9-11, uh, a key part of his trauma in both pieces of storytelling, the mother character, very big aspect to this pete davidson as kind of like a fuck up very kind of a big aspect to both of these where the king of staten island feels like it is it doesn't at all talk about him in the entertainment industry this feels like maybe it's an older version of him right uh or just more closely related to his real life And I think because it's so short, because there's only eight episodes and they're only half hours, like four hours of content, I think this show, especially since it felt like there were, literally felt like episodes were missing, I think this show could have benefited from being longer, which is kind of a crazy thing. 
I don't necessarily think longer episodes necessarily, but more episodes, like 12 episodes would have been nice. Have four more episodes in there to kind of just, you know, get to know his friends a little bit more, get to see Pete Davidson's kind of trajectory that occurs in this show to kind of round out those hard jumps that it makes maybe focus on have episodes that focus on different characters like other shows do where like maybe we get the sh- uh, an episode that kind of focuses on his mom or his sister which we really don't get much of his sister at all focusing on maybe his his grandpa like they're the things that they could have done having more episodes would have at least fleshed out these other characters that are big, important characters in the show and could have also helped round out some of the arcs that are happening. So one of the few times I was like, it should be longer, right? And it's what another reason why I want to, I hope this gets picked up for more seasons, more episodes, because I do like it. I do want to see where it goes. Right. And like I said, friend group, interesting. It's very similar to his friend groups and all those other things. Um, the family is cool. Grandpa, mom, sister, they're all kind of like they're I, I like all of the characters that are in this. Right. Even his ex, like this childhood love is part of the story. And I like that as well. Right. Very weird contrast to what we know of Pete Davidson's dating life having this kind of girl next door type of character this friend that's from his childhood versus the high profile famous people that we see that he actually dates very different from what at least from the outside it seems like Dave or Pete is into and there's also because it's a blend of fictional and real life there are moments where like there's actors that are playing themselves in this but then there's actors that are playing characters and there is confusion at times with is that an actor playing themselves or is that somebody playing a character which only happens a few times but just that little moment of confusion is enough to like take me out so there is that right it's trying to ride this line between also writing this line not only between fictional and true but also writing this line between kind of this sentimental grounded take but also a little heightened and goofball and i think in both the the trying to find the balance of real actors and fake act like people playing themselves and people playing characters and then also the balance of the sentimentality grounded nature and the goofball kind of heightened nature i think there is some balance issues with both of those in this right it doesn't always find that balance great but i do love this show i do want to get into spoilers talk about specific episodes talk about specific moments that i liked maybe criticized but overall, I enjoy the show. I hope it, it it continues. Obviously, big writer strike going on now. A lot of productions are being put on hold because of that. So I would imagine if this does get picked up, I don't know how well it's doing. I haven't looked into 
how well the show is doing. It's rated pretty decently, at least on IMDb from what I've seen. But I hope it does, and I hope when it comes back, I hope it, you know, maybe, like, seriously would not mind if it did had 12 episodes, 10 episodes, give us two more episodes. I think giving us a little bit more would allow them to do more, but even just another eight-episode chunk, you know, four more hours of this, I would, I would love to see it. But I do want to get into spoilers, so spoiler warning for anybody that doesn't want to be spoiled on Bupkiss Season 1, which is on Peacock right now. Of course, like I said, I don't think it's a spoiler. I guess it could be a spoiler, so apologies about Pete's dad dying in real life, which I think he talks about in his stand-up specials. It's clearly in The King of Staten Island. It is a common theme in anything that is based on Pete Davidson. But we get to see, like, there is an episode where we see his childhood, how his sister, no, his, his aunt, I think his aunt was getting married. Somebody's getting married. It's a wedding that's happening kind of shortly after 9-11, right? A.K.A. shortly after his dad dying. And you see, it's a kind of, it's a great episode because it, you know, like I would like to see for other characters, it lets you see kind of how Pete became who he is, the issues that he has, not only with dealing with like the trauma of losing his dad in that way, but also kind of seeing how his relationship with substances may have started in a lot of ways. So I I enjoy that kind of look into his life right of him as a kid seeing his family trying to like lay off on the parenting stuff because he they know he's going through a tough time as well and it's a wedding so you know there's scenes of this kid trying alcohol just kind of they're kind of just kind of okay with it you're also seeing him kind of act out and be kind of the the clown of the situation and people in some scenes encouraging that in other scenes trying not to encourage that one of which being Joe Pesci who put not Joe Pesci but uh Steve Buscemi that plays the priest who kind of has this conversation where it's like all these people are also dealing with his dad's death because they knew him as adults and seeing how their reaction to it just the it's such like an interesting look at what it must have been like for Pete especially knowing what 9-11 did to a lot of people as far as their viewpoints on what they thought happened what the public was kind of told what happened versus you know there were a lot of lies told obviously not that I'm a huge conspiracy nut or anything like that but you know the president lied about who was involved and we started these wars with people that had turned out to not have weapons like there was a lot of fuckery that went on patriot act they took advantage of the situation to kind of strip so many protections of privacy away from people so they can t- just spy on the pub like there's so many crazy things that happened from that moment but getting to see it from this kid whose dad died saving people people think of him as a hero and like what we saw in king of staten island like 
people think of him as a hero, but he was just a regular dude. And from the King of Staten Island movie, kind of a fuck up in some ways like Pete was. At least to the fact of like he wasn't a perfect guy. He had his he was a real person who was had his faults as well. So seeing this episode of him as a kid and it does this episode also does a, a thing that I love that happens in movies that are based on true events where at the end of the movies they will have pictures of the real people that are based on so you get to see at the end of this episode the pictures from that wedding. You get to see Pete as a young kid, right? You kind of see how he's a goofball and in the episode you see how they kind of encourage that goofballness right because it's like oh you know this is how he's dealing with it he's having fun let's like encourage the fun that he's having seeing how he like kind of got into appreciating the attention right which is something that a lot of comedians are desperate to have why they because they need that attention so and then also you get to see like this like uncle character how he's kind of a wild man as well he's the do as i say not as i do kind of guy and there's a moment in the episode where he talks about how he was making these wu-tang uh medallions out of scrap metal and making like throwing stars in his garage and we get a picture of these wu-tang logo throwing stars that are clearly sharpened down like so it's it's funny to see that moment at the end of this episode where we get a peek into like oh these were like real things that that actually happened that we're seeing right kind of getting a clarification of like this this aspect of the show was real right this wasn't a fictionalized aspect of it so i enjoyed that show that episode the wedding episode and then there's an episode where he goes to florida that like this fast and the furious episode that is definitely heightened like there are tmz reporters that get murdered in this episode that clearly didn't happen there's this high-speed chase and in like fancy cars that probably didn't happen or i could see a version of that happening um but another great episode kind of seeing the the downward trajectory of pete in some ways and also it's one of the episodes where we get to see him hang out with his friends right they kind definitely feels more like an entourage type of a vibe um a fun episode though his mom and this is great there's a moment where his mom and his sister are going to a restaurant and they're trying to get a table uh you know they couldn't get reservations or whatever so they they tell the server that like pete davidson's supposed to be joining them right so that they could get a table he's not he's out of town this might actually be I don't know if this is the same episode as the the Florida episode, but they go and the mom at one point references that uh, that uh, Marissa Tomei played me in the movie referring to the king of Staten Island. She calls herself the queen of Staten Island or he's the king of Staten Island. Right. So it's one of the many moments where I'm trying to place at what time this show is taking place. Right. So it's like based on that, clearly it's after King of Staten Island, which that came out during the pandemic. So there's no reference to pandemic at all in this. So it's maybe it's after the pandemic. 
right? But then there's also, you know, you're not seeing the Kim Kardashian. So it's like part of this, because his personal life at times is so public, even though, like, I'm not somebody who ever, I don't care about the the tabloid stuff, but it's like his his relationships are so flooded in pop culture that even though I don't follow any of that stuff, I wouldn't know. Like, he's, for some reason, the only celebrity I know who's dating somebody. And it's just because it's so pro- pro- prolific. It's so, like, in the zeitgeist of everything, who Pete Davidson is going out with. It's it's just insane. And plus, you have the coincidence of him dating somebody who whose ex is also becoming a massive white supremacist Hitler sympathizer in Kanye West. So it's like, not only is his relationship very public, but also the other people attached to that person are having a massive scene in public as well. But I love that moment where his mom's like, I'm... He's the like I, Marissa Tomei played me. I love that. I love that moment in this in this show. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about. Are you looking to add some unique and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor. That's me. These abstract paintings on paper explore the endless possibilities of the human face. Capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Now you can bring these stunning and thought-provoking pieces into your own space with high-quality prints and t-shirts. Featuring designs from the Many Faces series. Or take home a -a one-of-a-kind original piece for your collection. Don't miss out on this opportunity to add some original and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com to browse and purchase original artworks, prints, and t-shirts from the Many Faces series today. And now, back to the show! And it's tough because not only is it obviously based on true stuff but it's also fictionalized so it's like i don't know i don't know how much it's even like it could just be a blend of like well this was actually a time like maybe this florida thing was a time way before king of staten island but you know it's all blended together because it's fictionalized so i think maybe just my knowledge of my very limited knowledge of his real life is confusing the issue when it shouldn't be confused. Maybe. And like I said, missing episodes, right? Because like, and one of the way, one of the main things that made me feel like I missed episodes was when like this drug thing where it's obviously Florida was a big one where he obviously did a lot of drugs seemingly, but not, not like crazy. But then there's one where he's doing that shoot. He's part of this movie replacing somebody that got canceled or whatever. Supposedly to meet Brad Pitt, but obviously Brad Pitt, there's a body double. But that, I think, is the episode where he kind of really goes deep into drugs. And then in another two episodes, he's going to rehab. It's just the trajectory of him going from just kind of seemingly normal 
to going to rehab and his life is out of control. It seems like it happened quick, which I guess for the reality of situations, it does happen quick for some people. But in this show, it just really felt like I missed some some stuff. So that that kind of arc of him plummeting into addiction felt like it felt like I missed some some stuff. But I do love the episode where he goes to Canada, right? P- replacing the actor, this thing of like him thinking he's going to be working with Brad Pitt, him in the trailer, almost practicing his introduction to Brad Pitt more than he's practicing his lines. Kind of a a funny kind of a moment. Y- you know, the J.J. Abrams, the director, not even there. He's like via iPad no other actors there he's just doing a lot of blue screen stuff right they're killing his character off which i think is a reference to um the suicide squad movie that he was in and he like dies right away so i don't know if like this that this whole scene this whole episode is in reference to that i don't i don't know of him replacing somebody in the suicide squad but he is a presence in that movie and literally is killed off in the first like 10 minutes of the movie which is definitely a surprise so it feels like it's a reference to that even though the movie is a war movie and not like a a, a, a comic book movie or whatever but a great episode um also ray romano is a frequent has a frequent cameo in this which is another kind of confusing moment, but I think intentionally because a lot of the times when Ray Romano shows up, it is Pete hallucinating. And there's a great scene. I mean, Ray Romano, I love in everything. So when he see him show up in this, it's like, Oh, this is great. He's so good in every movie I've seen Ray Romano in and seeing him kind of play himself, but a different version of himself where he's like encouraging Pete to kind of just go and have sex with as many people as he wants. Like, you know, live life to the fullest, like burn the candle at both ends kind of advice. It's great. It's great. Also the rehab episode is great, right? The black and white kind of way it's filmed. I don't know if that's in reference to uh, another kind of rehab movie or whatnot. Right, definitely feels like a turning point of the show. Right, leaves. Th- it's also the f- final episode. Ends on a cliffhanger with the car accident. Right, obviously he survived, but it's kind of like a rock bottom moment in a lot of ways. But it made me. It's like a cliffhanger that made me excited for what's next. Like that. That final episode. And just leading up to, I think by the time I got to the end of this this show, I understood the vibe, and I enjoyed it. I dug it, and I was excited for more. And I, a big part of that, Joe Pesci, I love him, right? Every scene he's in is great. Ray Romano, great every time he shows up as this like hallucination, like this, like the devil on somebody's shoulder is Ray Romano, which is a kind of a great, just such an interesting person for that to be for ray romano to be the guy encouraging him to do the the worst things during the group therapy session at the the rehab i've recently very coincidentally been 
watching all of the Art the Clown movies, a.k.a. Terrifier, Terrifier 2. I'm reviewing All Hallows' Eve, which was the first film that Art the Clown, that character, was in. That clown showing up in the kind of the cycle of celebrities that he's hallucinating at this group therapy was kind of great to see Art the Clown in this doing his silent laughter, which is um, like Art the Clown. For those that watch the show and didn't know what that clown is in reference to or who that clown is, it is a clown from the Terrifier movies, which if you're a fan of practical effects, if you're a fan of gore, if you're a fan of like really gory kills and a really scary, amazing kind of horror villain, right? You enjoy the 80s, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, those types of horror films. I would highly recommend checking out Terrifier 1, not a whole lot of story, so don't expect a sprawling narrative, but you're going to see some really gory, cool kills, practical effects. Terrifier 2, the writer-director added story. It's a great movie. A little long, but still great. Amazing movie. If you're a fan of gory, practical effects, like the George A. Romero movies, I would highly recommend checking it out, and then you'll understand how amazing it is to see Art the Clown show up in that moment. But Charlie Day playing his therapist, Steve Buscemi as the priest, Simon Rex as Crispy, and like Simon Rex, perfect, perfect casting to play this Crispy guy in Florida. Like there is no other actor that is Florida as much as Simon Rex is Florida. Right, John Stewart playing himself, he's great in this as well. Keenan Thompson, one of the characters that, like, I was like, is he playing himself? He's a basketball kind of referee, but also a barista, which is kind of interesting. A lot of fun cameos from people. A lot of fun moments. I mean, the show starts with Pete coming on his mom, and then her not wanting to change her shirt because she's got to do Peloton later. It's going to get messy anyway, and it's just like. It sets up the kind of ridiculous nature of the show and also really tells you a lot about the people in his life. Like, they're not only his mom, but, you know, his grandpa. Everybody kind of tells it how it is. They don't get offended over the dumb shit, right? The boys' night out that Pete has with his grandpa and his quote-unquote uncle, great. Where Pete's, like, having to provide the movement for... Uh, this sexual encounter with a prostitute, hilarious, right? Another one of those heightened, funny moments. And again, that crazy uncle with the Wu-Tang stars, right? Speeding, like he's got the MAGA truck, which I, I love the, <laughs> then he refers to this, this giant truck that Pete has as the MAGA truck. And he like, you know, lets him drive it. Pete lets his, his uncle drive it. And like, he encourages him to like to unbuckle and just like speed and yell like clearly clearly an influence on Pete of like living very dangerously. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. And his love of Creed <laughs> when he, this he's like Pete is a kid during the wedding episode and like his uncle is singing Creed. He's like, I don't care about this religious stuff. This song is amazing. All right, let's sing it. And he's like, I don't even know the words. And he's like with his raspy voice that's almost gone from this wedding. And he's singing with all of his passion this Creed song. I love it. The do as I say, not as I do, uncle, right? 
boop the there's a, a sound effect that has a, a fun callback when you pop your penis out to take a piss boop that's a fun moment right there's all these little fun nuanced moments that i do enjoy about this show also the episode where his mom thinks he died which is kind of crazy because recently the most recent episode of dave is tackles that idea of of like these false stories that come out about celebrities dying sometimes and to see it how it affects dave's mom or pete's mom in this in the show great and when they're on a stakeout trying to find out who this guy is that's posting this embarrassing picture of Pete online, the squinting picture that's like shows up as his profile is like his most used headshot for stuff. And they're on like their stakeout and him and his mom kind of going back and forth, kind of acting like they're two cops on a stakeout. Love it, right? These little moments that really show the relationship Pete has with the people around him. And it also shows, like, why he is, it's so obvious why he would be an entertainer. To grow up in this, around these people in this atmosphere, it's so obvious. The only episode that I didn't like, they could have just completely moved it out. They could have used that episode to do so many other things. But there's an episode where Pete decides he wants to be a dad, and him and his boys babysit this kid for a day take this kid to a a theme park didn't like that episode like the the fact that he would want to be a dad i mean even if that were a true thing i just for whatever reason it's my least favorite episode but in all you know the show has a few problems has some issues that i would i would highlight but the issues that the show has these problems that the show has are no different than Pete Davidson himself. He's not a perfect person. The show is not a perfect show, right? I want the best for Pete Davidson. I want the best for this show, right? I want the show to keep going. I want Pete Davidson to keep making stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I think this show is great on a lot of different levels as far as being a representation of who Pete Davidson is, right? I enjoy it. I enjoy the show. I enjoy what Pete does. I hope this keeps going. Mostly because I love his I love Joe Pesci in this. I really love Joe Pesci in this. So if only if only to just get more Joe Pesci. Now of course he's a character that they could easily get rid of because they've set that up. Dude's got cancer, going to chemo, these things. But I love Joe Pesci. I love him and Pete. I think anytime they have scenes together, it's great. Um so I really enjoy the show, but it's not perfect. But I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the Peacock original series, Bupkiss. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder if you are watching this. Until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Oh, 
much. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.